Bonjour, all you gardening cats and gators. Welcome to Gardening with Cisco, February 29th. And uh, uh, as you I'm undoubtedly know, if you listen to my show, I just got back from a trip, a garden tour that uh, I led uh, with Mary to uh, Morocco and to southern France. And we had a wonderful, wonderful time. I got to tell you, Morocco is one wild place. <laughs> the people are so nice. If you don't get run over by a uh, motorcycle driving through the eight-foot-wide pathways in the souks, <laughs> you'll have a great time. But it was beautiful, and uh, all you folks that went with me, it was just so wonderful to have you with me, and I really love it. So, uh, hey, uh also, southern France was really fun. If you ever want to have a good time, go down for the Lemon Festival down there, and uh, you will really love it because it's super fun. And um, 30-foot-tall floats made out of lemon and oranges and great gardens. So, okay, so I want to uh, mention a couple of things. I want to thank Nita Joe Roundtree for taking the show to uh, two weeks I was gone. That was really, really nice of her. And uh, I actually heard some of the podcasts. It sounded really uh, great. And she was talking to folks from the Northwest Flower and Garden Show. So uh, I hope lots of you have gone. It has been so fun. And I've been down there quite a bit. And it's really funny because I was only scheduled to do one talk, and that was the one I'm doing today at 4.30, and it's Garden Jeopardy, which is one of the funnest things I've ever done, and I think you'll love it if you go. But uh, uh, interestingly, somebody couldn't show up for the show. They hurt their back, and I had to take both their talks. So it was kind of interesting because for years, I've been trying to do my bug talk at the Flower and Garden Show. <laughs> But I think the people, Janet, for instance, that picks what seminar she always, I think she thought, who wants to come do a bug talk, you know? So, uh, but she didn't really have much choice because she had to have me fill in for the person that <laughs> got hurt. So uh, it was really funny because all these people come in the room expecting to hear a talk about how to raise chickens. <laughs> and there I am talking about bugs. But uh, at the book signing afterwards, there were so many people, and they all told me they loved it. It's a great talk. So I'm glad I finally got to do it. So you folks that went, it was great. The next talk I gave uh, to replace the other talk she couldn't do was uh, favorite plants, and that's always so fun to talk about. And um, so uh, it was just great. Okay, now it's just a cup. I got a great guest I'm going to introduce in a minute. And uh, so, um, but first I want to say that I'm giving away one of my books today. So, Oh La La is my new book, as many of you know. So the first person that calls up with a question gets a chance to win Oh La La. And I'll be sending that out to you. So, what we'll do is we'll get their address and everything, and I think we should have a winner sheet over there. But with whatever, I'll make sure we get the address and everything really well. Okay. And uh, I will send that to you uh, the first chance I get. So, uh, But you know what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to solve my tough, tough Cisco Garden Stumper questions. So, And by the way, 
I've seen a lot of you come to the booth that I've been hanging around uh, at at the show, and that's Northwest Travel. I'm supposed to be there tomorrow, but I'm not sure if I'm going to be there. So just want to warn you, if you go there expected to see me and I'm not there, don't be mad at me. I'm just, my sister's in town and I might have to go hang out with her. So, <laughs> Okay, so, and I have a tough stumper for the person that tries to win the book. So the number is one 973 Cairo. So someone's going to get a chance to win. Oh, la, la. So uh, it's a bestseller on Amazon. I'm really excited. But if you're going to buy one, you could buy it at the show. And uh, if you could catch me, I'm going to be doing a big uh, book signing after my talk. So you could come to that. Otherwise, I'm going to be doing about 8 million book signings at nurseries and different places so better if you buy one from them support the the local businesses you know we want to support our our wonderful uh businesses and also by the way i am going to be at the and i should look that up let me see i see if mary put that on here because it's really important to me uh to say okay I know that very soon I am going to be at the Bellevue Botanical Garden doing a really big book signing. So I'll look that up in a little bit of time and let you know when I'm doing that. Oh, here it is. It's March 10th. So an evening with Cisco at the Bellevue Botanical Garden, March 10th. I'll tell some of my favorite stories at that. (laughs) In fact, there's a whole bunch of them. I'll be at Eagle Harbor Books, March 5th. Uh, I'll be at the King County Library Literary Lions event. I think I told you I got chosen as a, uh, one of 20 authors as a literary lion. I'm so proud of that. I can't stand it. So that's going to be really fun. So I hope lots of you come to that. That's going to be really cool. And that is March 7th. So uh, all that, there's links to all of that on my website. So you can go to that. All right, now I get to introduce my very good friend who's been on the show before, and we were really having a good time uh, talking before I went on the air. And uh, so this is Stephanie Rose. And how many years ago were you on the show? Do you remember, Stephanie? I think it was just two years ago. Two years ago. So she's speaking at the Northwest Flower and Garden Show. As a matter of fact, she'll be speaking at 3.30 today. Yeah, I got a motor after this. You're going to have to bolt back to the convention (laughs) center, and then you're speaking again tomorrow. That's right, 11 o'clock tomorrow in the Rainier Room. I'll be there talking about my new book, Garden Alchemy. Oh, and it sounds like a fantastic book. It was supposed to get sent to me, but I never got it yet. So uh, unfortunately, because I can't wait wait to read it. And uh, she's also the founder of GardenTherapy.ca, Canada. That's Canada. All right, I got it. And uh, so we have a link to uh, GardenTherapy.Canada right up on the uh, top of Cisco.com. So you can uh, click on that and find out all about the things she does. But I want to ask her more about what she does anyway. So uh, your book... It's kind of a uh, uh, garden, um, uh, what is it, uh, garden alchemy, 
That's right. Yeah. So what what is that about? It's it's like a cookbook for your garden. So it's not like a cookbook for your to feed your body. It's a cookbook to feed your plants. So it's got over 80 recipes, concoctions, elixirs, a couple little projects in there that take the process of nature and how mother nature has meant for us to garden, taking that and allowing us to apply it to our gardens. It sounds wonderful. So now I'm sure this is totally organic, everything you're doing in there. Yeah, 100%. It's not just organic, but it goes sort of that beyond organic. So it's not just uh, looking at sustainable gardening practices, but regenerative. Because when it comes right down to it, we're looking at, you know, all these things that we're doing, we want to take everything out of our garden and throw it away and then buy it back. You know, we're taking all that great good stuff and putting it in our green bins. The city takes it away and composts it and we buy it back and apply it to our garden. Well, Mother Nature doesn't do that. She drops the plant material on the ground and it helps to feed the soil. It takes a lot less energy, takes a lot less money, takes a lot less work from us to just follow the natural processes and allow gardens to regenerate. So we can get out and enjoy the garden without having to do so many chores. Wow, and that sounds so great, you know. So are these, uh, now I know you're going to be talking about a lot of these projects. I'll tell you what, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll kind of give some hints about what some of these projects are and uh, also talk about if they're difficult to do, some of those questions like that. All right, so Stephanie Rose, she's down from uh, B.C., Canada. She's talking at the Flower and Garden Show. She'll be talking at 3.30 today, and what time tomorrow? 11 o'clock tomorrow morning. 11 o'clock tomorrow morning. So, all right, right back on 97.3 Cairo FM. Yeah, I'm going to talk to this guy for a second. I'm not sure... This is Gardening with Cisco on the all-new Cairo Radio Weekends. Okay, we're back with Stephanie Rose. Hey, I think I think we found out that uh, we may be, have been having a little problem with a phone. So if you tried to call in win that book of mine, oh la la, give it another try and uh, you might get through. I'm hoping that uh, we'll be able to take calls, but we'll find out as the show goes on. So one triple eight nine seven three Cairo, one triple eight nine seven three five four seven six. But right now, I'm talking to Stephanie Rose. She wrote a great uh, book called Garden Alchemy. And unfortunately, I haven't been able to read it yet, but it sounds fantastic. So DIY, do-it-yourself DIY projects that you can do that really will help your garden be healthier and better. Yes, even more than projects, recipes. So set up like a cookbook. So you can go through the book and flip through the chapters, just like you would a cookbook for your kitchen, and pick out the recipes that you want to try in your garden. So which are the ones that appeal to you? Do you want to make weed tea? Do you want to make alfalfa tea? Do you want to make uh, natural granular fertilizers or potting soil, your own potting soil mix? There's over 80 recipes in the book to pick from. Wow, 80 recipes. How did you learn to do all this stuff? Well, I started gardening as a DIY gardener because I had to do it out of necessity. I had to figure out how gardening would work best for me because I was severely disabled and I use gardening as my rehabilitation I remember you telling me about that. Yes, yes. So I used, I I started with 
gardening that was really accessible to me and I wasn't able to really go that much farther than my own yard. And I got books from the library and I learned through that. But then over the years, I started, you know, going and learning from farms. I'd go and do these immersion programs where I'd work on farms and take permaculture design certificates and it really get involved in how people were gardening now in the future and taking traditional methods and blending them with current methods. Wow, it sounds pretty interesting. And what a great way to learn, though. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this is the way a lot of people are learning nowadays. Rather than sitting in classrooms and listening to theory, it's going out and getting your hands in the soil and learning in practice how, how, how people are doing it differently. Because everybody applies the principles differently when they, after they learn them in their classrooms, then when you actually go out into the field, it's so different how people are applying them. And so that's part of what Garden Alchemy is all about. It starts off with the first chapter of experimentation. So you're getting to know your own land and getting to know your own ah, garden soil okay. with a series of experiments. So there's really simple experiments like how to figure out what your soil composition is using the mason jar test where you fill up a jar. Oh, with, yeah, 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 yeah. So just shake these, it up and you see how much clay and exactly you can figure out your soil composition. And once you know that, then you know how you can start amending your soil when you can also do some home pH testing. So you can. How do you do that? Oh, there's a bunch of different I've ways. I've never tried that. You know, I've always bought the kit. Yeah, well, you'd, you know what? You don't even need to buy the kit because you don't need an exact measure of what your pH is. You just want to get a sense for what it is. So you can do one with cabbage water, which cabbage water has anthocyanins in it, right? And so if you use the um, cabbage water and then put it in your soil, it depends on what color it turns. It'll, it'll turn either sort of like a greeny color or more of a purpley blue. And then it tells you where your pH is. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, the easiest one to do, the easiest one to do, which I love, is you take a scoop of soil and a little bit of distilled water because you don't want to have any pH in the water, oh, right? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yep. so you take a scoop of soil and you put it in the water and then you either add you have two of them, two little dishes, and you add baking soda to one and you add vinegar to the other one. Now, if one of them fizzes, it tells you if your soil is alkaline or, wow. or acidic. And if neither of them do, then you have neutral soil. Huh. So it's a really easy way to do it huh. at home. Yeah, that's really interesting. So how about, uh, so I know that you've got some pest deterrents in there. Yeah. So through the book, we, you know, start with doing some soil testing and then we go into um, seed starting and propagation. Uh, which... Yeah. So like how to start your garden from scratch and, you know, starting seeds off in the best way in the beginning gives you the stronger plants as you go forward. And also you can really inexpensively start a garden if you learn how to That's propagate true. yourself. It's a lot cheaper. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you can get rarer plants, which I know you That's, love. Oh, yeah. 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 It's like uh, tomatoes sometimes. The only exactly. way you're going to get a really rare tomato, you're going to have to grow it from seed. You're not going to find it in a nursery. Not very likely. Yeah, exactly. So for collectors like you, I mean, we know this, but so the getting, you know, getting used to starting your own seeds, there's lots of projects in there. Then it goes into composting. And then after that, into fertilizers, natural fertilizers and weed teas, or natural fertilizers and garden teas. Natural fertilizers and garden teas. And then um, I have a whole chapter on inviting wildlife into your garden. So how do you have your backyard wildlife supported by 
um, bringing in projects that bring in those predatory wildlife and then also a few deterrents. So I don't have any, you know, pesticides or anything like that. But, you know, when the pest populations get a little out of control, then you have a couple like unique traps in there and little concoctions, just, you know, fruit flies and to get rid of stink bugs and things like that. Like if you've got too many of them. Well, yeah, stink bugs can be a real pain in a kazootski, (laughs) let me tell you. Okay, we got to take a break, but... uh, so I want to remind you, I've got a link right on the front page to GardenTherapy.Canada, uh, I guess you'd say. And uh, that is Stephanie Rose's uh, website. And so you're going to want to check that out. But she's staying here for another 15 minutes and she's got to bolt back to the show. <laughs> hey, and Ron, I saw that you called. You're going to get your chance to win, oh la la, my new book. So, uh, but I'm going to try to stump you, buddy. Hey, we'll be right back after the news on 97.3 Cairo FM. This is Gardening with Cisco on the all-new Cairo Radio Weekends, brought to you by PacificTopsoil.com and Molbax in Woodenville. Ooh la la. Here's Cisco. Oh la la. Yeah, just reminding you, Stephanie Rose, my guest, is going to be giving a garden talk at the Northwest Flower and Garden Show at 3.30 today and 11 tomorrow. That's right. So too great. Okay, hey, Ron, we're going to stick you on the air and see if you can win uh, Oh La La, my new book. Uh Uh-oh. See if he's there or not. Howdy, Ron. Hello, Stephanie. Hey, hi, Ron. How are you? Beautiful day, beautiful day out here in the city of SeaTac again. Hey, cool as can be. Nice to hear that. It's spring is coming. It feels good. For sure, I hope. Yeah, I hope Anyhow, so too. I've got a problem with the lawn. Something's getting into the lawn at night. I watched it during the day. Don't see anything, but they're pulling the sod up in great big clumps. Yeah, like I, the size of a quarter, fifty cent piece. Yeah, I know what it so is. One area. I know uh, in the front yard and down in the front yard, uh, farther down, and then now they're way down. Yeah, we we have they're a new in about like a ten foot area. Yeah, dig it all up, and uh, I don't know what it is. I'm trying to figure out what the world it could be. Well, what you've got is white grub, and the white grubs, the new insect, just moved into our area, and I don't know what the beetle looks like. It's a chafer beetle, right? Chafer, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a, it looks like a copper. Um, it's about the size of, uh, I guess, a penny, and penny, it's copper, ah, okay. copper colored. But what's happening? You got the larvae. These little white larvae are probably pretty small right now. And what's happening is either birds, or raccoons, or whatever is getting in there to eat those larvae, and it's real. It's kind of a problem. Uh, you know. Y- you could try, if it looks like it's raccoons or something, in the evening you could go out and uh, sprinkle some hot peppers on there. You might have a good suggestion, too, there, Stephanie. Well, yeah, we have it. It's quite prevalent in Vancouver, B.C., where I'm from, so we've been dealing with this for about four years. Um, you know, 
the thing is, is that the grubs are eating the roots of the grass, and so it's killing the grass anyway. And then what happens is at night, the creatures like the raccoons just rip up the grass that's already looking like it's dying, and then they eat the grubs. So they're actually doing the pest control for us. That's true. But it makes your lawn look terrible. <laughs> it, it does does a lot yeah. in pretty bad. Yeah, if you can tolerate it for a couple of years, they're going to take care of the problem for you. What you'll find in about June or July around late June, is those um, larvae are going to hatch into beetles. Then they're going to fly in the trees and mate around dusk. And so you'll really see how much uh-huh. of a problem is. And then they're going to lay their eggs back down in the ground. Um, so if you can stop them in that cycle, then you won't have this problem again next year. So the what they're treating them with in Vancouver is nematodes. And yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. Microscopic worms, 100 million in a little teensy bottle you mix them up in your watering can, and then water them out there on your lawn. But you got to keep the lawn moist; it can't get too dry, or it kills the nematodes. That's a possibility to try that, and it might work. Okay. But uh, you know, you also might try and uh, prevent, even though they're getting rid of the bad guys. They don't get rid of enough of them to help. I don't think, from what I understand. So I think what you got to do if you want, you could try to repel things like uh, raccoons. And I've had some people actually have put out chicken wires over the lawn and staked them in. Or you could try hot pepper. There's only one mammal on earth that likes hot peppers. It's us. Oh. <laughs> Although I know a guy whose dog likes them, but it's very rare. <laughs> So uh, you could try, you know, getting some uh, some kind of hot pepper. You could make your own sauce, but watch your eyes if you do that. Uh, ghost pepper is really hot, and you can add water and squirt it out there. But it doesn't last very long, so pepper flakes or something like that, something really hot, might work better. And uh, that might is just... That, is there a possibility that would kill the lawn? No, the peppers aren't going to kill the lawn. But the raccoon okay. will. <laughs> hey, yeah, they're sure doing a good job of it. All right. Well, yeah. So it, it's a big problem, and it's going to get a lot worse. I'm getting so many questions about these things now. Yeah, ours, ours is not the only lawn. There's uh, three or four other lawn yards in this area that are going through the same thing. So, Well, in good news, after All a right. couple of years, it does clear up on its own. I mean... They move. They they move from they location move to location. There. So those places that are having a really hard time in some neighborhoods, it really does migrate, that's and great. your your lawn will grow back in a couple of years. So yeah, and I, I've okay. also that's really great advice. And also, I've been reading that uh, if you keep it well fertilized and water your lawn a bit, uh, a lot of times they recover even from uh, you know as long as it isn't a billion of them in there. So yeah, it's strong worth roots. A try. Strong okay. roots help with it. Strong sure. roots. Yep. Thank hey, you for your time. Hey, Ron, do you want to try and win my book? Uh, I'm not too sharp on... Uh, not a, not a big book. reader, huh? <laughs> no. You want to try for it? I would like... I'm, my wife would love to have your book. Okay, I mean... read it all the time, but... I don't know if I can come up with a good answer for oh, you. Oh, well, this is going to be an answer I think you're going to get, because I'm going to give you two tries on true or false. All right. All right. Are you ready? Okay. I'm ready. True or false? We can eat those snails that are all over our garden eating our plants. You you only get two tries on this. Well, I would say true. Ah! 
Yeah, you got it. Right? See, you're, see you, uh, you didn't give yourself credit for how smart you really are here. Right. Okay, I'm going to give you yes. for... So now, I'm going to put you on hold in a minute, and you're going to get a chance to... Uh, we're going to get all your address and everything, and then I'm going to send you this book, okay? Okay, fine. I but, appreciate that. All right, so don't hang up whatever you do, because if you do, then uh, this whole thing isn't going to work at all. <laughs> and, okay, Cisco, thank you very much. Thanks for the information. Okay, but I, I'm going to give you an extra credit question. Is it true that the best biological control for these snails, because they are true escargot, is to get French people to move into your neighborhood. <laughs> oh, boy. I'll give it to you. <laughs> okay. All right, Ron, don't hang up. We're going to get your address, okay? Okay, Cisco. Thank and, you very much. All right. I think your wife's going to love this book, so don't hang up. We're putting you on hold. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Okay. Thank you. All right. Oh, la, la. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. But, yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. So uh, these kind of pests, there's always new pests moving in, isn't there? There, there are always new pests moving in. And so it's it's really important to spend some time trying to figure out what their purpose is and what eats them. You know, one of the things I like to say about aphids, when people are talking about, oh, I have so many aphids and I can't stand the aphids, I'm like, you don't have an aphid problem. You have a ladybug scarcity. So spend some time what, trying what? to get some more... So get some, find out what eats that pest and then invite that into your garden. And you won't have to work so hard. And I know you have some methods of uh, you like one of the key things for anybody that does a lot of pest control organically. You got to have bad guys or you don't get any good guys. Exactly. If you, you pests have to reach a certain threshold for the beneficial insects and the b- birds and and even, you know, the critters, the raccoons, whatever, to move in and help take you take control, take control of that pest um population for you. If there's not enough, then there's nothing for them to eat. So one of the things that I do, and I think this is where I wrote in my book, like, don't throw this book out the window, just hear me out, is set up (laughs) trap plants. I set up, I set up, you know, take plants that aphids really love and plant them in a place in my garden where I don't, you know, feel like I'm, you know, I'm going to be at risk for them attacking the plants that I want to keep them away from. And then I let the the aphid population go crazy over there. Yeah. And that brings in all the parasitic wasps and the lacewings and all the things that want to eat them. And then my garden is taken care of by itself while I sit there and I sip tea and That's such a great technique. And that's in your book, huh? Absolutely. And it's garden alchemy. And, uh, you know, uh, the, uh, the other thing about that is people buy lady beetles and put them out. And as you and I know, they fly away. Yeah. They know they're going to go to the, the person's house that's already got the ladybug nursery there. That's right. Yeah, they're just going to go and find their own food. Yep. So. If they fly in naturally, they're going to stay in your garden as long as there is a food source for them. Exactly. So, yeah. so lady beetles are so many beneficial insects. Lace wings, oh, they're wonderful. Surfed flies, we call yes. them hover flies. Yes, you know. I love Hover those. flies in the lab were... Uh, found to they were uh tested and they found that they eat one aphid per minute. Oh. So what a machine, you oh. know. I love watching them fly in and out of the leaves of my oh, lettuce bed. Too. And then you're just you're just like, oh, 
you're just keeping it all clean for me. I don't even have to shake one aphid off my lettuce when so I harvest cool. it. Even, you know, uh, plants that peop- or bugs that people just fear and think are horrible, like bald-faced hornets, so beneficial. So beneficial. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And they never attack you if you're away from the nest, or very rarely. I guess if you sat on one or something, that would be a weird experience. But <laughs> Yeah. Well, Stephanie, I know you got to run back to get ready to do your talk. That's right. Yeah, and I'll be talking about Garden Alchemy tomorrow at 11 o'clock. So, so we'll talk about all these kinds of all recipes. All these things are yeah. in your book and yeah, tell people. Right. And they sound like they're easy to do, by the way. Yeah. Oh, they're all easy. I mean, that's if it's too difficult, then I'm not going to do it. So I'm definitely not going to write recipes that are too difficult. <laughs> Everything's really easy and things that you can do within a few minutes and with accessible materials. So, Great. Yeah, recycled materials, natural plants and herbs from your garden. Perfect. Well, hey, uh, Stephanie Rose, uh, if you want to click on the front page of Cisco.com, gardentherapy.ca, and you will get get her website and find out more. And it sounds like a fantastic book, so I recommend everybody get it. And if you're there tomorrow, you'll be signing your books for people. That's right. Yeah, I'll be there signing the book as well. Great. Stephanie, thanks so much for coming on today. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Cisco. It's been fun. Again. All right. Great. <laughs> All right, everybody. I'm going to be here for the next 15 minutes. you got a question, give me a call. one 973 cairo one 973 Okay, right back after this. Great. You're listening to Gardening with Cisco on the all-new Cairo Radio Weekends. Okay, hey, we're going to go right back to the phones. We've got Priscilla on the line. Hey, Priscilla, what you got going on? Hey, it is so nice to hear from you. My neighbor Ruth told me you were back on the radio. I haven't heard you for a long time. Uh, I've got a question on Mandina. Okay. Okay. I want something to kind of shield the view to a neighbor's house, and I love like the color change on the Nandina, and I'm wondering, I, I don't have very good soil, and I don't have a lot of sun, but I do get some. Um, do you think that plant would do good there? I think it will. You know, they don't get terribly tall. So, um, although, you know, if you get the, the regular Nandina Japonica, they can get up there to eight feet or so, but that's about it. So about if that's, eight feet, huh? Is that tall enough to give you the privacy you're after? No. <laughs> How about <Yeah>. 15? <laughs> oh, yeah. See, so you're going to have to find something else. And, yes, and summer. Now, here's the problem. With bad soil, it's hard yeah. to find something evergreen that'll live in that, that'll grow up and give you that privacy, see? So there is a way you could solve that problem. Could you build some kind of raised bed or a berm and plant up on top of the berm? Sure. Well, if you can do that, then you can plant just by anything you want up there to give you privacy. So you you could use a conifer up there, you know, like a... You know, a really cool Hinoki cypress or something like that, or you isn't could, that slow growing? It's yeah, it's kind of slow growing. You nailed me on that one. <laughs> but um, hey, I'm you know I'm on the end of my uh, my term here. I want something uh, that grows fast. <laughs> hey, I'm with you. I understand that for sure. So 
<laughs> now, there are some conifers, like Leyland cypress, that grow like racehorses really wow. fast. How do you spell Raylan? Uh, that's a, I think it's L-E-L-A-N-D. Oh, Leyland. Yeah, right. Leyland cypress. And if you oh, okay. if you go to nursery, they'll know right what you mean if you say that. And they're the, they're the fastest growing conifers there are. And, oh, fantastic! I saw one at Fred Meyer's. Uh, now they aren't yeah. gonna, they aren't going to stop at fifteen feet tall though. It'll eventually get forty feet or more. Oh, 40's okay. 100's okay. not good. Yeah, well, they won't hit 100. And, uh, oh, but, good. <laughs> but it'll get up there pretty fast to give you some privacy. And as long as it has good soil, it'll do fine. So, oh, well. How, how deep does this berm have to be? Well, here's the thing. You want two-thirds of the roots out of the bad soil. If you can get two-thirds of the roots out of the bad soil, you got it made. Great. All right. Oh, thank you so much. And uh, how long have you been off the radio? Well, I, I was uh, off in France and Morocco for a couple weeks, but uh, they changed the time just a couple weeks ago to this new time, and I think that threw people off a bit, you know, so... <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I don't know. I thought you were long gone. I no, I've, tired. I've been here. I'm still doing it. Uh, I, well, I don't know where I've been. <laughs> well, if I if I stop doing radio for any reason, I will do a podcast or something like that. I promise you that, okay? Oh, good. Great. Because I don't want to lose you. Oh, well, how, you, are, you are the nicest, you know, that person. I appreciate that quite a bit. Oh, great. Thank you so much for taking my call. Oh, uh, thanks so much for your call. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Well, bye. So, uh, all right. I've only got a couple of minutes, about a minute left on the show. I want to tell you how great the Northwest Flower and Garden Show is. If you haven't seen the gardens, you want to get down there this year. And the Chris, Christensen's Nursery made a garden that won the Founders' Cup. I'm willing to bet it's going to win the People's Choice, too. It is so beautiful. But there's a whole bunch of other ones that are really great this year. So I recommend you get down there in the shop. It's to die for the boots. So, oh, la, la. And uh, so if you happen to be down there and you're listening to the radio, make sure you come to Garden Jeopardy at 430 today. And uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Two teams, three people each, all my garden expert buddies, and they're going to be battling it out to get the, to win the prestige because that's all they're winning. <laughs> oh, hey, Blake, thank you so much, buddy. Nice working with you again. Hey, I'll be here next week. See you then. Bye bye.